Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan continues our series, New Hope at the Movies, with the movie Jesus Revolution. Scripture comes from Galatians 3, 21 through 29, read by Dee Dee Atwood. Hear these words from Galatians. If such is the case, is the law then an anti-promise, a negation of God's will for us? Not at all. Its purpose was to make obvious to everyone that we are, in ourselves, out of right relationship with God, and therefore to show us the futility of devising some religious system for getting by our own efforts what we can only get by waiting in faith for God to complete his promise. For if any kind of rule-keeping had power to create life in us, we would certainly have gotten it by this time. Until the time when we were made, until the time when we were mature enough to respond freely in faith to the living God, we were carefully surrounded and protected by the Mosaic Law. The law was like those Greek tutors with which you are familiar, who escort children to school and protect them from danger or distraction, making sure the children will really get to the place they set out for. But now you have arrived at your destination. By faith in Christ, you were in direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe, Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. In Christ's family, there can be no division into Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, male and female. Among us, you are all equal. That is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. Also, since you are Christ's family, then you are Abraham's famous descendant, heirs according to the covenant promises. We're doing a At the Movies series, and we have this week and next week left with it. And uh, this week we're going over the movie Jesus Revolution. And like always, I have a trailer that we can watch so you can get a general idea of what the movie is about. Hey, Square. I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. What they need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about, because I do not understand. This house has a very good vibe. an entire generation searching. Slow down, man, slow down. Just in all the wrong places. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them in, I'm going to lose my job. We can only walk through doors open to us. In your church, that's a door that's shut. You've probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. 
They don't belong here. Half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They're staining the new shag carpet. They need our help. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. That was awesome! Now that door is open any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then, that door works both ways. All right, Pastor, let's begin. I was almost done with this, but then you did what nobody else would even dare. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're gonna need a bigger church. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. Did any of you get to watch this this week on Netflix at all? Check it out. Uh, it came out in February. Uh, and before we get to more of the movie, though, I want to talk a little bit about Galatians and Paul's letter and the scripture that was read earlier. And in Galatians, what Paul is always trying to do in this letter is pointing people towards away from the law to grace, uh, from keeping the story and gospel of Christ to certain people, to opening it to all people. And so he's constantly doing that. He's trying to get people to understand that because in the church of Galatia, there was uh, the new Jewish Christians thought that um, this new Jesus way of life was just still for the Jewish people. So they're still trying to make people live according to the law. But for Paul, it's not what man can do, which is what the law is based on, doing the right things, not breaking the law of God, the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, but it's about what God has already done for us. And so it's not about following all the right rules, but it's about reminding them time and time again, God has already done something for us, live into that grace, because the law can only bring you so far. The law can't bring you to Christ. The law is a means of understanding what sin is. It's an understanding of what um, the ways in which we fail each other. But it's not the thing that brings us to Jesus. It falls short of that. And so it's meant to define sin, and while it defines it, it can't do anything to cure it. It's kind of like a doctor who's an expert in diagnosing uh, illnesses, but can't do anything about it. That's the law. And so Paul is pointing them more towards Jesus and the grace that Jesus gives us. The law is impossible to keep because we're always going to fail. We are not perfect people. We'll always fail at it. So he's saying that a promise, at the end of the scripture it talked about covenant, and he's reflecting upon the promise that God has for his people. And a promise only relies on one person, and that's God. And, and God can't fail. So when we fail, then the way of grace depends entirely on God, and we cannot undo that. That is already there waiting for us. We may sin, but the love and grace of God stands unchanged. And you can't find a right relationship with God in the law, but all you can do is accept the grace that is offered. That is what 
Paul is trying to say to the Galatians. And do you see this as a common theme throughout Paul's letters in the New Testament? Because every church that he started, they, they encounter these issues within their own culture and context. And a lot of times when there's stress and tension on the system, uh, people tend to retreat backwards and try to um, put up certain walls to protect. And so he's constantly trying to push them to go further to expand those walls of the church. Uh, for my own personal life, this took a long time for me to really understand about grace. Uh, growing up, I had more of a, maybe more of a law-type mindset when it came to church, theology, to God. And there's certain things that uh, wouldn't even uh, interact with because, it, to me, it was against the law of God. And it took a long time, whether it was through study and uh, seminary, college, through different experiences and meeting different types of people in uh, Chicago where I went to college and then in West Michigan serving a church up there and uh, serving some kids who had rough home lives, that I began to really understand more of the grace piece. And the law piece began to just fade away. Because really what this is about, what we're doing, is we've all experienced a grace and love from God that uh, we can't quite put into words. And so why don't we want others to know about that same grace and love? We are the ones to, to show that same grace and love as well. But oftentimes in Christianity, we will retreat back and we will not show that grace and love. Or we think we will show that grace and love by what we're doing, uh, but it doesn't come off that way. So, Galatians, in my own personal life, it, it, grace is hard, it's hard to understand because it's almost under, you can't understand it. Grace is unfair, grace it doesn't make sense, grace feels a little too loosey-goosey, right? You can't control it, and we always want to control so in this movie is the story of uh, Calvary Church, Chuck Smith, who's the pastor there, and Lonnie Frisbee, you saw, was the, the hippie guy that shows up at his door. And I'll be honest with you, I usually don't care for faith-based movies, all right? I've seen many, many of them, and a lot of them will make me, like, just cringe, um, and maybe it's a pastor thing because you kind of read into the theology of the story and the movie. But oftentimes they, they, don't, they don't give a full authentic experience of what faith is. It's trying to portray something uh, by a particular perspective. And, but this one I watched this past week for the first time. Uh, I thought I'd better watch it if I'm going to preach about it. <laughs> and... Uh, and this, this movie did surprise me, and it, it caught me in those moments where I had a judgment upon it before watching it, uh, and it proved me, proved me wrong. Um, wonderful, beautiful story, and well done movie. Uh, so it's about this church and how these, these hippies show up, and Chuck invites them in. He's convinced to invite them in by Lonnie. And that causes this whole tension. But then after all that tension, it creates this, what they call Jesus revolution. And many of you probably remember this back in the time of uh, the, the Jesus movement, the Jesus people, Jesus freaks, I think was another name. Uh, and 
It was just this new way of understanding faith that wasn't tied to tradition in a sense, but to Jesus himself and looking at Jesus and how Jesus lived. So that's where we're at in the story. And uh, in this time period, you saw in the trailer, it was 1969, and that was a very tense time in our history as a country. And Chuck and his wife Kay are discussing one night the state of the world. They're watching the news. You saw it in the trailer where he says they need a shower. Um, and they're talking about all the problems in the world and what's going on and how can you even decipher what is true. And I think the quote from uh, his wife was one that, I, that stuck out to me. And she said that truth is quiet, it's the lies that are loud. Truth is quiet, it's the lies that are loud. Meaning, I think, is that true faith is quiet. It does the good work of Christ. It just continues to do the good work, continues to expand those, those boundaries of grace and uh, challenging ourselves to love others. We don't have to be loud about it. But most of the time when people are loud about something, uh, she says, those are the lies. So, he invites the, the hippie community to come into the church, and of course, things arise from that, right? So this is what happens. These kids are runaways, most of them. They got drug addictions, medical issues. And they need our help? Yeah, but Chuck, <laughs> I mean, they need to go home. They're making our congregation uncomfortable. Well, maybe they should be uncomfortable. Maybe we all should. Maybe it's my job to make us uncomfortable. I haven't been doing it. Chuck, stop. This is enough. This is a house of worship. And yes, we expect a certain level of dignity here. These girls are wearing halter tops and half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They're staining the new shag carpet with their bare feet. A carpet? Mm. Oh. Yeah, let's be sure to save the carpet. You keep this up and you're going to drive away the only contributing members that we've got. You hearing me now? Loud and clear. What is going on? Church, welcome. Thank you. Hello, young lady. How are you? Let's have that foot. Let's have that other foot. <laughs> Sit next to that fella in the cantaloupe jacket. <laughs> Good to see you. Enjoy. Welcome to church. Hello, young lady. So, when the other starts coming to church, then you're really tested into what your values are really about as a church. And of course, you, you may get people that 
are upset about it or worried about the carpet. Um, I, <laughs> when, we, when I watched the movie, that scene, and when he talks about the carpet, and Chuck is like, oh, the carpet, I felt that like really deep inside my soul uh, as a pastor, because sometimes there's things that pop up, and you're like, oh, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, but this is human nature, right? We're always kind of scared of what we don't know or fearful of what we don't understand. And people that are different from us, we, we all value community with people who are like-minded. That's just natural. It's harder to invite people who think maybe a little bit differently, dress a little bit differently. And I think as Christianity, if we look at that time period, there's a lot of parallels to now, I think. And if we think about now and tension within our culture and community and society, uh, that I think Christianity has contributed to it. And I wonder about this a lot, because a lot of the tensions that come up with certain things, you end up seeing people that are against it, and they quote scripture, and they they use the Bible in a way to uh, put others down, to exclude others. And... That has happened throughout time, throughout history. We, we don't learn our lesson. We keep doing it again and again. We'll learn it, but then we'll end up doing it later on because uh, there's certain ways in which we will become maybe this o- open and welcoming community and new people are in, but eventually, over time, if we don't continue to challenge ourselves, we also then become that, that same stagnant church that was there before. And so, for us as Christianity, I think about different ways in which we have gotten it wrong, and we don't like to admit we were wrong. Nobody likes to admit they're wrong, but I think that's a core thing for Christianity. Think about back in history to the um, Salem witch trials, led by Puritans, by Christians, by faith. We are in uh, Boston for our mission trip this summer for our youth group, and uh, the last day we needed to kill some time, so we went to Salem and walking around and seeing the history of it. And I was just thinking, you know, we, we come and look at this history and then we think, oh, we were just silly back then. You know, we, we didn't know any better and stuff. And, but then I started to think, but we still do this. Not to this extent, but we still do this. Where we find the other and we outcast them and tell them they're not welcome here. We still do it in different ways. We still put people on trial for something that is sometimes made up. Other ways are during slavery and then the segregation. You have the Ku Klux Klan has always had uh, religious symbolatry with them, uh, and then people didn't want um, desegregation to happen. Christians got it wrong then as well. In Nazi Germany, there was this weird kind of uh, agreement with the church and the Nazis. And we got it wrong then as well. And this one, this one's a more interesting one that I kind of found out in doing some research this week. But when there was uh, meds and pain relief discovered for childbirth, Christians fought against it. You know why? Because in Genesis, when Adam and Eve are sent out of uh, the garden, 
It says that the curse for women is pain and childbirth, so you can't get rid of that because that's the curse and that's the way God made it. <laughs> and sorry if you don't like needles. I don't like needles either. I, I cringe at the idea of uh, epidural. But, uh, so these are ways in which we just kind of get it wrong. The problem is we end up just kind of stepping back into the shadows and being like, I hope nobody notices that we got it wrong. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to be humble. We don't want to repent. We don't want to reconcile. We just want to act like we've known it all along. Uh, I was at uh, Douglas County Pride Festival yesterday, and there was some protesters, and I uh, sat back and I observed as things got a little heated and tense. I watched this one woman uh, talk to one of the protesters, uh, emotional, um, yelling, but also you could just tell there was pain, sadness. She's telling them, God loves me, and why can't you see that? And it was just this pleading, God loves me, why can't you see it? I've never had to defend myself that God loves me. I've never had to defend my own existence, my own place in the world in a way that they have. And it struck me as such a moment of, of clarity and pain and shouting out, but yet the protesters stood their ground and believed firmly that they were in the right. I think we get it wrong. Even if you have a different worldview and you think differently and your theology is different and you don't agree with it, I think the problem is we don't bring ourselves back time and time again to grace. That's the way people are swayed. That's the way people come to know true love in Christ. We always try to force it and we try to force things because we're afraid our way of living and our way of life is under some kind of attack. I think for all of us, we have been wrong and caused harm before, and we're going to do it again. That's human nature. The church is going to do it again, time and time again. There will be something else we deal with 200 years from now that none of us can foresee, and we'll do it again. But there has to be a way to move forward to figure out how can we continue to repent, reconcile, and grow within the grace of God through all of it. Because we don't like to admit when we're wrong, but that should be the mark of Christianity. Because it's about grace. We should be the first to know what it feels like to be accepted into a community. Because it's about grace. And I think this is what Chuck Smith understood in his time and place uh, in this movie, Jesus Revolution, for inviting in the other. And the next clip I'm going to play is him speaking in church after you saw the scene with the uh, washing of feet. And he's been talking about, he went to New York recently, and he saw the a statement on the Statue of Liberty, that all are welcome, and he said, that, but that's, that's a... That's a Christian value. So all are welcome here, and this is his, what he said. This place 
it is yours. <laughs> I don't I don't care if anybody else thinks so. I mean, if if you feel like you're an outcast, then join us here. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, this is where you belong. If you feel ashamed or trapped in something you've done or are doing, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. No guilt trips. <laughs> this is your home. And I want you to tell all your friends about it. There is a place for you. Now that door is open all the time for you, any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door is open for you too. It works both ways. Uh, I couldn't find a longer clip, but at, towards the end of that scene, uh, the cantaloupe jacket guy, he does end up leaving along with uh, one of the other men. But then the, the older guy that talked about the shag carpet, uh, he went and sat across the aisle with their new friends. And I think that is a perfect image of what church should be, what Christianity should be. That this should be a place for forgiveness and grace, a place for people who are even struggling. They don't have to be a certain way to be here. Because in this community of faith, that's where people really, the hearts change. Lives are changed. And it's hard. It's hard to do that. If you watch the movie, there's all kinds of people that think what he's doing is wrong, not right. When you try and invite people in and you have grace and love, people end up not liking it. I think in my own life, uh, for myself, I've been open with it many times before in sermons. But as a pastor, personally, I'm an uh, open and affirming pastor. And I didn't get there willy-nilly. I didn't get there, as some people would say, you know, you just don't want any rules. You just love is just an excuse to sin. No, it took a lot of time, study, prayer, experiences that changed that and shaped that, and it was painful, very painful. I think any time you challenge your beliefs and try to change them in certain ways or are confronted with something that you got wrong, it's painful. Then you have to lean into that pain in order to fix it. As a pastor, it's, it would be much easier if I wasn't. Just honest truth. It would be. Most of Christian culture is not open, accepting, and affirming. So it would be much easier because this will always come up as a conflict in different times. But my faith tells me that that's the easy way out. And it's much harder to stand up for people and love people, invite people into a big table. This table that we uh, celebrate communion on every first Sunday of the month, 
we talk about it as not New Hope's table, not Presbyterian table, but God's table. One of our values is invite people to a big table. Well, how big? Is there a limit to how big it gets? Do we get to decide that? When it comes to the table of grace, we're not guardians of it. When it comes to grace, there's nothing to protect. As this, con- this table continues to get bigger and bigger, people won't understand. Some people may leave because the table gets bigger. But that table is the thing that the place of meeting God and others and reconciling and humbling ourselves, accepting when we're wrong, saying we're sorry when we're wrong, repenting. We may be called names for it. We may be told that we're lost, not preaching a true gospel, that we need to repent, because in their eyes we have broken the law. But grace is more than that. And I think for us as Christians to be set apart, to be set apart as people, we need to be able to listen well. Listen well to people who are crying out for help, who are crying out for acceptance and love, no matter who they may be. Accept our part in situations and scenarios where we maybe are wrong. It's okay to say we're wrong. Nothing bad happens when it happens. Good things happen from it. Repent from it and restore what was broken. This is one thing we have not ever been good at as a church, a broader church, capital C, restoring what was broken. But that's what all this is about. Christ coming, uh, showing us new way of life. The whole trajectory in the New Testament is about one day this world will be made whole again. It will be restored and God is inviting us all in to help restore all things. That's our purpose. This is what it means to be set apart as a Christian community. So when we live by openness, grace, and acceptance, God can do powerful things. Maybe even bringing people to church you may not have expected. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.